Boom! There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We are ready to rock and roll. We got a TEDx speaker in the house today. So I'm excited to find out what she's all about. Let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Boss! All right, ladies and gents, today we're talking about the power of creativity and curiosity to drive success. Our guest is an internationally recognized thought leader with a career spanning over 20 years in communication, customer relationship management, and the business of people. She's a TEDx speaker and author whose keynotes, blogs, and books reach hundreds of thousands of business leaders each year. She's a catalyst who empowers individuals, teams, and organizations to sustain success, and her philosophy is about finding freedom and creating choices that move people from limited to limitless. Whether it's personal or professional, individual or collective, she provides a framework for immense growth uh, to people who are feeling stuck in their current chapter. So let's welcome to the show, Miss Karen Mangia. All right, we got the party started. Karen, welcome to the program. Thanks so much. That intro is hard to beat. I am ready to move. <laughs> well, let's do it. All right, uh, 20 year career. You've been at this for quite some time. What do you mean by going from limitless, I'm sorry, from limited to limitless? What does that mean specifically for you and, and what it is that you do? What I find so interesting is the difference between being a high performance athlete and a high performance corporate athlete. I mean, if you heard a football coach say in an interview or overheard him in the huddle telling his team, there's only one way to win. There's only one way in the playbook and we have to run it. You would think that coach was crazy and lazy. And yet inside of companies, even the highest performing corporate athletes sometimes fall prey to the belief that there's only one way to win, that our choices are narrowing. I mean, you must just keep growing that business up and to the right. You must go from one title to the next title and take on more and more and more. And what happens is sometimes that belief obscures our ability to see the choices that are available to us. The other area where we often get stuck is labels. Labels are limits. When I think back to early in my career, I was a young female in tech. I tried to pretend I wasn't, though. You know, I wore the right clothes. I talked about the right topics. By the way, I wasn't fooling anyone because everybody around me knew my age approximately and, and was pretty certain about my gender. When we put labels on ourselves and live those labels, we step into limits. So the work that I do with individuals, teams, and organizations is about challenging those self-imposed labels that become limits. And when we release those labels that no longer serve us, we move into a space of limitless possibilities. All right. I got one for you because, uh, 
I like how you said that there's more than one way to do something, right? There's a different avenue for a lot of different places. And um, in my class, I got a lot of students who didn't do so hot throughout high school. It's one of the reasons why they're in my class. But I like to tell them that just because that didn't work out for you those first couple years doesn't mean that life is over. There are so many different avenues that one can take, which is one of the reasons why I love bringing podcast guests like yourself on the show, because so many people had different experiences. Not everybody was a straight A student or AB student. A lot of people didn't do so hot in high school and have become absolutely successful in life. So if you were talking to 17-year-old students who are about to graduate come in June, just a few months away, what would you tell them about these labels and allowing themselves to be limitless? What's good about this? That is a question that opens us up to find the gift or opportunity in every setback, challenge, or crisis. And believe it or not, it can be that way. I mean, I'll use the pandemic as an example. In the pandemic, was very difficult and it challenged all of us and took something different from each one of us. What I see as the gift in the pandemic pause is I had the opportunity to write multiple books and that's one of the reasons why I'm here. When I think about asking that question, what's good about this? It taps us into the ability to see and get more curious about what we've gained from something that didn't go our way. I mean, for example, the students sitting in your classroom right now have access to your encouragement and coaching that they wouldn't have otherwise had. There's something good about this. When I think about students who are already figuring out that a traditional classroom may not be a fit, you are already well served to be entrepreneurs and curious creators because you've already bucked the system. You've already learned how to fail fast and move forward. I mean, think about how many times we say this to entrepreneurs, fail fast, you know, move forward, reinvent. You've learned that lesson early. And most importantly, you've discovered that you can have a setback, experience what you define right now as a failure and still be okay. You're still standing. You've gained something from this. You know, this didn't happen to you. It happened for you. And you're gaining a valuable mindset that we could all benefit from. All right. Well, you came out of the program to promote some stuff, right? So I always like to ask it like this. If you were going to explain what you do to a fifth grader, how would you explain that? What kind of business are you in? <laughs> I Well, I mean, I guess a fifth grader now would think about me maybe as a YouTuber. That's probably the consistent definition now of what it means to be a thought leader and an influencer. The only difference is I'm not trying to get you to eat a certain kind of noodles or, you know, make the TikTok pasta with the feta cheese or buy a certain kind of watch. What I'm trying to influence you with is the idea that you are already a success. Success is yours to define and you can be as successful as you want to be. And a lot of the work that I do is about helping people realize the ways that we sabotage our own success based on the stories we tell ourselves, uh, living by someone else's definition of success and really removing those barriers. So more often than not, we tap into our stage powers of curiosity and compassion and innovate and explore powers as opposed to letting those saboteur voices in our heads tell us we're not good enough, we haven't done enough, we haven't accomplished enough. 
So I influence people, I hope, to know that you're already a success, you're already enough, and the next step in your journey is as you define it and you can get there. You've written a number of books on this topic, right? So tell me a little bit, what are these books uh, that you wrote about? What, what, what can we find when we open up those covers? Success is the core theme. And in my first book, Success With Less, I detail my own major medical setback to comeback story. It might surprise you looking at me now to discover I hit a point in my early 30s where I went chronically misdiagnosed with a major medical illness to the degree that my hair fell out, my skin turned gray, I gained 55 pounds and did not have a baby. And one day I looked in the mirror and my eyes had changed color. And I never missed a day of work for being sick. That's crazy. Toxic, Right. When I say that to you, it sounds crazy, but in my head, you know what I believed? You have to do more to have more to be more. You have to make everything look easy, pleasing, and agreeable. And that will sum up to success. And that success came at the cost of my health. Now, I was fortunate to have reached that crossroads so early in life and to find a doctor who believed in my case and ultimately figured out I had pesticide poisoning. Isn't that interesting? I mean, poison was physically coursing through my body, but I got so sick because I had poisoned my mind with a toxic set of beliefs about what success looked like and what I needed to sacrifice to realize it. That was a turning point in my story. And in Success With Less, I share a new formula for success to help change our relationships with our calendar, our career, and our health and moved in a more positive direction. The next now, that, yeah, That's crazy to me because on the one hand, you physically had something that was going on, right? Like literally you were being poisoned, but you took a different mental approach to it. You had some personal accountability that said, look, there's things I can control in my life and there are things I can't control. I'm going to take control of these things and move forward with that. What was that experience like at your lowest physical point to change that mindset? At my lowest physical point, I was lying on the floor in my closet. So if you want to know what rock bottom feels like to me, it felt like very itchy shag carpet. And I was lying there crying because I needed to go to a business meeting and I did not have one piece of clothing in my closet that fit me. And I felt hopeless. And the story I was telling myself at rock bottom was, I will never be healthy. What had to change in my story was that word never, that belief I was holding on to that did not serve me. The gift in that moment is that I became crystal clear when I got up from that carpet with the swollen eyes and probably some you know pieces of carpet fiber attached to my cheek was that my top priority was to be healthy and well enough to enjoy my life. And that became my top priority to the degree that I was willing to change where I spent my time, with whom I spent my time, because that priority became a filter for what I said yes to and what I said no to. You know, I was crystal clear. I wanted to be healthy and live and enjoy whatever life I had left, which felt like it could be short at that point. So I said yes to what moved me closer to my top priority unapologetically for the first time in my life. And I said no to anything or anyone who deterred me from my ability to achieve that most important goal. 
once you got yourself in a proper mindset and you were able to help yourself get to a position where you're dominating your life again, you're achieving success from anywhere, pun intended, right? Um, who did you start to help? Like, who is this ideal client that you're looking for? Who are some of those clients that you started to kind of resonate with and work with? The people I spend most of my time with are people who feel stuck at their own crossroads. It might not be a health issue. They might be in a toxic workplace environment. They might be having a dream of starting a business, for example, that they've deferred and haven't felt the confidence or courage or felt they have a choice to pursue that dream. I work with people to get unstuck, to see new possibilities inside of what felt like problems. And that comes from a very personal place because I've been there too with major medical and at career crossroads. And I know how it feels to stand at that crossroads and not have clarity about how to move forward. And what I've discovered from being blessed with some excellent mentors and coaches and leaders through the years is that sometimes others can help you see choices in your situation that your point of view is too limited to see in the moment. When you, when you work with specific clients there, everybody can feel stuck at different levels, right? Um, it could be an athlete that feels stuck. It could be an employee that feels stuck. It could be a person in a marriage that feels stuck. A lot of different places. What are some of the, some of those verticals that you feel you connect with the most, where you feel you can make the most impact in their lives? Early in career is an area where I spend a lot of time. Because what shows up consistently is a lack of confidence about what we have to offer when we're looking for that first job or we become that manager for the first time. Confidence is a challenge and it affects how we share our story, which affects our likelihood of getting hired. So I spend a lot of time with people coming out of varieties of training programs and life experiences to step into the confidence to share what makes you unique, what you can contribute in the workplace, and then providing some connections to help find that first job or succeed in that first line manager role. I also spend a lot of time working with women and underrepresented minorities. So people for whom that feeling of living a label is a day-to-day -day existence, you know, inside of the workplace, sometimes inside of communities as well. And then also with entrepreneurs. So people who are constantly barraged with lots of activities. And what I've discovered is when everything is important, nothing is important. And so we work to get clarity about where to put in our best energy and effort for a return. Sometimes uh, people don't know they're stuck. They are feeling they're just in a repetitive loop. We go, we play a game called cash flow in our class written by rich dad, poor dad. Right. And he talks about the rat race. You're just stuck in this rat race. You don't realize that you're stuck because you get up every day. You do the same thing over and over again. Um, and I feel like there's oftentimes people that get in this position don't know that they need help, much less where they can get help. So if, if you can kind of identify some of the problems that, the, that people are going through where they can say, oh, wait, I'm experiencing that. This is the life that I'm living. This is, okay, maybe I should be reaching out for somebody. I call this progressive tolerance in my book, Success From Anywhere. And progressive tolerance was inspired a little bit 
by the idea of what it's like to observe or experience the difference between being a kid jumping into a cold pool versus being an adult getting into a cold pool. Have you ever observed this? What happens? You could take a child to a pool that is about to frost over and freeze. And what will they do? Run, jump, jump in. in. They're good. What are all the grownups doing? You know, going down the steps, there's icicles on your bathing suit. You're thinking, this is horrible. You're working your way into the pool. Okay, so you eventually figure out how to progressively tolerate that temperature that your body initially told you wasn't great for you. And then what happens? You get out of the water. You're freezing again. Now, here's my question. Did the temperature of the water in that pool change? Not yeah. at all. You, you changed your relationship with that water in the pool. And this is how progressive tolerance works. We get into a relationship or a circumstance or a job that doesn't feel quite right. And then we say something to ourselves like this. It's not that bad. So we build a level of tolerance. Then something else egregious happens or the situation becomes more toxic. And we say to ourselves things like, well, I mean, the grass isn't always greener. Now we just tolerated another level. Then it gets so crazy that other people in your scenario outside looking in are saying, you need to get out. And you're like, you can't fight City Hall. It's not mine to solve, right? Typically what happens in that loop of progressive tolerance is there comes a moment of awakening. There comes a moment when you get out of the pool and the shock to your system brings you into the present moment. That's what things like the Me Too movement are. We progressively tolerated treating women a certain way and then suddenly there's a catalyst moment where we all are brought into the present moment and we go, wow, how did we get here? Why did we tolerate this for so long? Now, what happens in that moment of awakening is one of two things. We give in to the shame and the guilt and the way we've always done things. And we go right back into that loop of tolerating something that doesn't serve us. Or we step into progressive consciousness. That is a state where choice is always on and always available. And we're asking questions like, what else could this be? How could we evolve this for the better? What could my role be in this situation? Is this serving me? Does this still work for me? What other choices do I see? Do, do we have to like hit rock bottom for us to finally make that choice? Like, do we have to get in that cold pool and actually feel the extreme temperature before we make a change? Or is this something that we can address earlier on? We can address that feeling of discomfort earlier on. Sometimes it takes a grand gesture, you know, being hit over the head with major medical or a loss or something that we didn't want to happen to see that we are ready to choose something different. The other option is to address something that makes us feel uncomfortable or out of alignment with our values as it's happening. This is one of the reasons I'm so supportive of coaches and mentors and executive sponsors, because these are people who are invested in our success. And part of their role is not to say things that make us feel comfortable, but to ask questions like, is this circumstance working for you? Are you living and acting in alignment with your values and truest intentions? And sometimes that relationship of accountability and investment with someone who we know cares about us and our ultimate success and well-being is helpful because it becomes a way to address these 
circumstances and moments where we're out of alignment a little bit at a time instead of the giant life flare up that happens. When, when people are finding themselves at that point and they're looking for someone, it's a perfect question. What's the process like when they decide to work with you? If they're going to reach out and you're going to make them feel uncomfortable, uh, what can they expect when they reach out to you? What I like to start with is asking people why they're looking for a coach. Usually people are looking for a coach because they realize something is out of alignment and what I like to understand is what are your values and why do those values matter to you so much? We learn a lot about people when we understand values and how people are living in alignment or out of alignment with those values. That's my starting place. Next would be what's a desired outcome of our coaching engagement and our time together? You know, what does success look like to you? And then I like to do a saboteur assessment. It's a quick and easy five minute assessment that helps identify the top one or two saboteurs out of a possible list of 10 that characterizes your inside voice that's talking to you and telling you those stories that keep you stuck. And that becomes the beginning of understanding what might be possible and how we could move forward together. So that's the, those are the, the big questions, right? That's what we're going to sit down and kind of discuss. But what's the, what's the actual process? Like, do I go to your website? Do I schedule a call? What's that first process like so I can get some of those big questions answered? Because those are really big questions. You know, the why question is huge, right? What do you, what's your desired outcome could be enormous, a big, audacious, hairy type of goal. And then the sabotager, sometimes you don't realize that the person who's talking the most crap to you on a daily basis is you. Yes, exactly. And you can connect with me to learn more about coaching through messaging me on social media. I'm on all of them. And also through my email that's scrolling there across the bottom of the screen, Karen at KarenManjo.com. Okay, so we got your your basic contact information. Um, oftentimes, people come on the show; they got promos, giveaways, something to entice the public to come on over and you know work with me. Um, what happens if people come to work with you? Anything like that? Well, a couple of things. So, first of all, along the way, you're welcome, and it's already free and available to listen to the Success from Anywhere podcast. And the beauty of that free podcast is. You get to hear from lots of experts who have addressed all kinds of challenges. There are entrepreneurs, innovators, people disrupting work, people who have figured out how to travel the world and see 80 countries and still make a living and have the ultimate flexibility. So lots of inspiring stories there. And then also, yes, I have a career companion. In fact, it's being newly relaunched. It's on my website right now. That is all about helping you change your story articulate what it is that makes you unique, frame up and think about what it is you're looking for next. What's the help you need to get there so that we can think together about who might be most helpful and what the next development steps are for you. It's called the career companion and it's on my website. So you got a podcast rolling too. And I want to ask you about your experience in podcasting. Cause for me, it's been phenomenal. I've been at this about almost five years. You're episode 1089. I've interviewed over 800 different entrepreneurs. It has drastically changed my life personally. 
help me build confidence, get my messaging uh, across correctly, a lot of different things like that. How has podcasting helped you? I learned so much from the guests. I am amazed at the businesses that are created, the ways people innovate, and also how we all have a common core desire to be seen and heard and belong and feel connected. And that's as true if you are a successful CEO of a company who I've had on the show, all the way down to someone who's a few years out of a university program and starting their own business. I'm amazed at human ingenuity. I'm amazed at the innovation and I am amazed at the resilience. Also, I find it fun to learn how to ask better questions I don't have to have any answers as a podcaster. I get to ask great questions. And I think great leaders ask great questions and get curious. So I've certainly learned a lot about curiosity, asking great questions, and ideally helping guests show up at the best. Oh, man, it's like plugging into the matrix. You literally get to learn from the people. Uh, some of my favorite things is some of the authors that I have enjoy reading, some of the people that I look up to as far as influencers they end up having conversations with me on the show. I mean, how cool is that? You get to ask them some interesting things and plug into that knowledge base. Plus it builds an amazing network and a, a personal brand that that lives with you going forward. How has it shaped your branding and, and your business model? The podcast is an opportunity to be generous. And when I think about that thought leader and influencer role, I'm not motivated to build followers for followers sake. What I value is having a platform where I can feature a diverse set of voices and ideas and people and give them an opportunity to share their stories. I find that rewarding and worth building an audience and a following for. I think about the podcast as an act of generosity to give someone the opportunity to find their voice, hear their voice, share their voice with a platform of people who may do business with them, get a new idea, do something transformative. I love that aspect of the experience. And also I've had a number of collaboration opportunities for some of the people who've been on the call. I've given speeches for their team kickoff meetings or coached someone on their team. So there's real collaboration opportunities that result as well. Yeah, the the marketing piece on it is is ridiculous. Um, I don't know about you, but I I grew up not having any social media, obviously. <laughs> uh, yes. For those of us born in the 1900s, uh, and it was a different transition moving into blasting everything, right? Putting everything online. But the podcast itself, the the content that I choose to put out is very limited to what I choose to put out, right? Like that's kind of the the difference. Um, when you when you started writing your books, when you started creating your podcast content, what what experience did did, did it bring to your business model as far as uh, a marketing and advertising perspective? What it brought was the opportunity to monetize that business model in a variety of ways. Right when you put out a piece of thought leadership and people like your blog or your article, then when you write a book. You already have a built-in audience of people who are tracking along with your thought leadership. When you extend that you know, into other live conversations like the one we're having right now, what you do is I think you continuously have an opportunity to be authentic and be real and let people know that you're here to be of service 
And that's really what I think about it. The core of it all is how can I best be of service to people on their respective journeys to success? Would you advise your clients to do something similar along the lines that you've done to market yourself? And I'm talking things like write a book, things like start a podcast, things like get on other people's podcasts. How valuable is are those things to help them grow their business or develop their own personal brands or their own confidence so that they can continue on their life? To what end? That's what I think about. To what end? For some people, they're incredibly motivated to be an operational excellence person or someone who creates online games and writes all of the code for that. And so that may or may not be valuable. So I think about, is that in alignment with the outcomes that you're hoping to realize? Now, if you're wanting to be able to build a brand and build a network and have the opportunity to collaborate or start a business or have more options when you go to look for your next job, I think books, blogs, video blogs, and podcasts are excellent opportunities to grow a network, give something, you know, it's an opportunity to be generous, emphasize your subject matter expertise, and also practice your storytelling and conversational skills. As you know from doing the show, when you're looking into the camera and you're talking and you watch that later, there are moments where you think, I could have asked a different question. I could have said that differently. I could have paused there. You learn about how to tell a compelling story. And at its core, I think it's a tool for learning how to connect with people in an authentic and meaningful way. Uh, I totally agree. It, it, it is. And you can always improve. Listen to yourself. And uh, for those of you who are getting started in this space, you're not going to like the way you look. You're not going to like the way you sound, but you'll get used to it because it just is who you are. Like that, that's it. There's no hiding it when you're recording yourself. It is who you are. Uh, Karen, you've been a great guest on the show today. We're running low on time. I want to make sure I give you the floor. Any final thoughts? And then, of course, one more time, even though you said it uh, on the program, how can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? You can find me on social media. Send me a message there where I regularly post new content. And you can reach me via email, karen at karenmanji.com. And what I would leave you with is this. Success is not a destination. Success is not a location. Success is available to anyone, anywhere, anytime. I couldn't have said it better myself. Karen, thank you very much for being on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time. Her website's scrolling across the bottom. But in case you're listening to the audio, it's readsuccessfromanywhere.com. Readsuccessfromanywhere.com. And uh, go ahead and check that stuff out. You can become successful. The limits are only set by you, the individual. Sometimes you just need a little help getting over that imposter syndrome or the voices in your head. So let's get this one on the road. Thank you very much for being on the program again. We'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.